Welcome back to Shannon's Lumber Industry Update. Today, I've got episode 110, and this is a bit of an off-the-cuff episode. It's inspired by a conversation that I saw on Facebook, and I'm going to entitle this one, Why the Board Foot Needs to Die, or at least be put on life support. Now, I've certainly mentioned this in the past, whether on this show or over on Wood Talk. I've been preaching this to my hand tool school students for years now. I even kind of hinted at it when I wrote an article for Popular Woodworking about how to buy lumber and how to prepare for that trip to the lumber yard. The board foot. It's this unit of measure that, wow, does it even really have a place in the lumber industry? I remember when I started woodworking and I began researching like going to a lumber yard. I was told, you know, if you're going to be a real woodworker, you've got to buy real lumber from a real lumber yard and you got to order your, your wood by the board foot. If you're buying it by anything other than the board foot, you're getting ripped off and you're not buying real lumber. And, uh, maybe that was true then. Maybe that's a big, maybe. And it was probably true 50 years ago, but today I think the board foot causes more harm than good. So before I dive into that, I do want to take an opportunity to say thank you to the folks who sponsor this show. I've had quite a few new patrons since the last episode. I don't know whether it was teasing about a featured Koa species sticker. I don't know. Drove a lot of people to become Walnut tier subscribers to get that sticker. So thank you to those of you who have uh, uh, stepped up and sponsored the show. If you want to be one of the cool people, go to patreon.com slash lumber update. There are multiple tiers there. You can sponsor a dollar one time or a dollar a month or $8 a month, or you can do an annual thing. It's entirely up to you. I sincerely appreciate it. Enough of that sales pitch. So I'm going to leave the names out of this to protect the innocent. Now it's not like there's really anything that big of a deal. Um, I want to be very clear. There are a lot of lumber yards out there and a lot of them do things very differently from one another. But this conversation, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, is very common and I hear it all the time. I've had this conversation from the perspective of a woodworker. I've been on the other side of this conversation as someone who works for a lumber yard. There are many valid points of view, but ultimately this conversation is born out of misunderstanding. So here's a person writing on Facebook. Be aware, if you order black walnut dimensional lumber at the list price from Lumberyard X in any place USA, your order will likely include 40% or more sapwood. If you want it color sorted with only heartwood boards, you need to specify this with your order and the price is 40% higher. I did not realize this and was not told this. Returning the lumber comes with a substantial restocking fee as well. Lesson learned. This poster goes on to post photos of the walnut lumber they have and it's... um. Yeah, it's got a fair bit of sapwood in it. So what grabbed my attention, (laughs) like, like, uh, you know, grabbing the popcorn and, and fascination of the abomination here was reading the comments and a lot of people like immediately speaking up, like, you know, hell yeah, that sucks. That's wrong. And I, I grabbed a few screen grabs from this. And one guy says, you know, thanks for the heads up. What they, the lumberyard are doing is wrong. Did they indicate the walnut was FAS? If they did, this does not conform. 
the original poster says, yes, it was supposed to be FAS. Someone else um, chimes in and says, well, actually FAS allows sapwood in walnut. Um, and then it's like, oh, okay, that seems crazy. I, I guess I'll take your word for it. I guess it's then best to buy walnut in person. Put a pin in that one. Um, here's a wonderful, incredibly intelligent person in Facebook that actually says, here's an article that Shannon wrote on walnut grades. And he's actually pointing to a blog post I wrote on McIlvain.com about walnut lumber grades, in which it does state that sapwood is not a defect. That is common, not just in walnut, across NHLA grading, sapwood is not a defect. So what they're saying is FAS, it doesn't, doesn't, you know, sapwood is irrelevant. So you can be buying FAS and have all sapwood and it would still meet that. So someone goes on to say, I ordered uh, quote unquote prime walnut from a lumber yard in Ohio. And what I got was green with surface mold. I planed a couple of boards thinking I got poplar rather than walnut. It was 95% sapwood. When I called, they said I should have ordered premium prime. After a few problems similar to this, I no longer do business with that company. Okay, we'll put a pin in that one. Um, some other person says, it's more and more common in every industry to provide the absolute minimum value for the money. These days, you have to be an expert in whatever you are doing and know all the right questions to ask before ordering anything. Relying on a salesperson to get you anywhere near what you need is a shot in the dark. When and if you find a company that gives a damn, it's a rare treat. Even the best companies screw up way more than they should. Okay interesting point of view. Another person says, quote, oak rule walnut is what you want. Very interesting point. So this goes on. This is one of those posts where there's hundreds and hundreds of, of responses. And honestly, like they're all valid. Like every single one of them is valid. You can see there's certain people who are, are really upset. Um, and the common theme is, yeah, the lumber yards are, are screwing around and they're, they're ripping us off. And I've talked about this in the past. And I remember when I joined the lumber industry, I was very cognizant of this. Like the lumber industry as a whole keeps its cards very close to the vest. Many places don't post price lists. And when they do post price lists, they have very definite um, expirations on them. Many places will quote you something, but they will only honor that quote for 24 hours. Some honor it seven days. The price is constantly in flux. And the things that affect the price, like um, the original poster said, if he if he had asked for no sapwood, it would have cost 40% more. You know, these are all like little secret addendums, if you will. And suddenly your price is constantly changing. Just buying by the board foot often leaves you wondering what the total is going to be at the cash register. And when you get up there and, you know, it's $380 and you're thinking you were going to pay 200, you know, you can't help but feel like, man, I just got ripped off or, you know, what's the hidden line item on my receipt that suddenly makes it so much more expensive. So anytime, I don't care what product it is, anytime you walk away paying more than you thought you were going to pay for, you feel like you kind of got ripped off. This is compounded by the fact when like you don't have any other option, you know, you can go and, and buy a, you know, a TV at a thousand different places and get a variety of prices and it's all very, very upfront. If you feel like you're paying more, you can walk out and go two doors down and buy a TV somewhere else. Buying lumber, especially high quality hardwoods, there's not that many options and they're getting fewer and fewer every day. So yeah, yeah you end up feeling like you kind of got screwed. So let's see if I can kind of tackle some of these points and, and try to 
shed some light on this. There's the other person that says, you know, people are trying to, um, well, let's read between the lines. What he's saying is they're trying to screw you over everywhere you can. You know, they're trying to, to add um, riders to the price everywhere you can. I actually will say this is true. This is absolutely true, but it's not so much, let's look at this from like a noble perspective. It's not that they're trying to find ways to add the price. They're trying to find ways to use more of their inventory. Most lumber yards that are buying any sizable quantity of lumber, you know, they're trying to buy all FAS, but they're going to end up with some lesser grade. In order to get the best price on the material they're buying, they generally are having to buy a larger volume. You know, the volume is driving the price down. If I buy 5,000 board feet, I'm going to get a slightly better deal. But when you buy 5,000 board feet, generally there's, there's a discussion between the seller and the buyer that there is an allowable percentage of less than FAS in here. It's the nature of lumber. It's the nature of an organic material. This becomes even more so with kind of crotchety species like walnut. Walnut is doesn't want to be clear. Walnut wants to have knots and it wants to have defects. And trying to buy clear walnut can be very difficult. So the sawmill is trying to sell as much of the lumber as they can. The retail lumberyard is trying to get as good a quality as they can. Both parties recognize they have to accept a certain amount of less than grade. And this may go into negotiating of the price. But to the retailer, to the, to the consumer, at whatever level, whatever volume you're buying, you go in and you're saying, okay, I'm going to buy, um, you know, 500 board feet of walnut or 10 board feet of walnut. The lumber dealer is going to try to move the less than material. They're going to try to give to, to move as much as they can. And if all we're doing is having a conversation saying, I want 10 board feet, well, 10 board feet is 10 board feet, irrespective of grade. So then if you go in and you say, okay, well, I want 10 board feet of FAS walnut, then they're going to sell you FAS walnut. Well, in the case of walnut, SAP is not a problem. So they're going to push as much of that as they can, because they might have a customer who in the past has come to them and said, I want 10 board feet of FAS walnut, and I can't have any um, any sapwood. I want all heart, or I want 80, 80, 20 um, 80% heartwood, 20% sapwood. There are customers that buy that way. So if you are not specifying that, then they're going to give you what you're specifying. Yes, maybe it's naive of me to say that they're just giving you what you told. Um, the the curmudgeon maybe will say, well, they're trying to get away with something. And maybe some lumber yards are. But in large part, I've talked to a lot of lumber yards over the last 15 years. Um, in in the business, and probably another 10 years prior to that as a woodworker, they're generally good people. They're not trying to rip you off because they want your repeat business. Sometimes it's just lack of information or the fact that maybe they're dealing with 100 customers a day and they maybe don't have the time to sort out exactly what you want. Is that is that good? You know, maybe not. But then there's the other aspect where there's a lot of people in the lumber industry who know a lot about wood, but are not woodworkers. So they don't know about the applied nature of things. So, you know, they're moving boards and they're thinking grade and they're thinking dimensions, but they don't know what you're doing with it. They haven't glued up a tabletop or they haven't, um, you know, cut any joinery into it. They haven't worried about the appearance of that tabletop or anything like that. And obviously I'm skewing things towards furniture because that's what I build. Um, so they're not thinking along those lines for that matter. 
They shouldn't be thinking along those lines because every customer they deal with is different. You've got one guy who comes in who maybe is building boats. You've got another guy who comes in who's building conference tables. Finally, you've got another guy who's building chairs. Each one of them is going to have dramatically different demands for the lumber they're looking for. So when you come to them and say, I want 10 board feet of FAS walnut, they're going to give you 10 board feet of FAS walnut. And they're going to try to move as much of the pushing the grade line as they can, because there are no other specifications in that conversation. So yes, this can go both ways. This can be the nefarious lumberyard trying to screw you over and and pass off the lowest possible grade they can get. Or it can be a business owner who has 10,000 board feet of walnut and wants to try to move the lesser stuff because he has a bunch of customers who specifically request superior or oak ruled walnut. Now, if everybody suddenly starts saying, I want oak ruled walnut, then yeah, they're going to run out of oak ruled walnut. And there's going to be a lot of other stuff less than oak ruled walnut laying around and they're going to change their buying. They're going to eventually say, well, I can't, I can't afford to have 20% less than FAS in that ship the next time. So they're going to go back to their sawmill and say, okay, I'm going to buy new material, but it's got to be hundred percent FAS. That sawmill is going to say, okay, A, it's going to take me three months to develop that. B, I'm going to now charge you 40% more because I have a bunch of material that I now cannot move. So, okay, great. So your local lumberyard might be out of walnut for a while because they've got to wait for a longer lead time. And then when they do get it, guess what? Your lumber is now 40% more expensive because their supplier just charged them 40% more to get that higher grade material. And walnut is a perfect storm of this because as they said, it doesn't want to be clear. It wants to have sapwood. There's all kinds of defects, which is why walnut has its own grading. Well, many species have their own grading. And that's where we come back to this idea of buy it on oak rule. When you look at the, the, grade, the, the grade guidelines for uh, oak, they, um, the, they allow larger cuts. Um, they don't allow, they have much less tolerance for defects, defects like wane and knots and bird pecks and checking. Um, not sapwood. Again, not sapwood. That is not a defect in NHLA. I'm going to say that probably a couple more times here. Um, walnut NHLA grades allow for more um, knots, allow for more defects. Or more importantly, they reduce the cutting size because ultimately NHLA is a cutting grade, not an appearance grade, which is why sap is irrelevant. You're trying to get um, as large a board, as large a clear board as you can. And Walnut now says we can reduce the size of the board. We can make it narrow, we can make it shorter and have 83.3% clear of defects. The um, Oak is trying to get 83.3% clear of defects, but it's a larger cutting size. You can get a larger board. So it overall is a clearer board. So when someone says buy on oak roll, um, you're getting a clearer walnut board. Buying FAS walnut is not going to give you as clear as buying FAS oak roll walnut. And um, we actually, at, at the lumberyard I work at, we tend to refer to that as superior grade walnut. And we specifically say it's graded on a red oak rule. Um, superior is not an NHLA grade. The top of the NHLA grading system is FAS. That's the highest grade you can get. But there's all kinds of lumber yards that say prime, superior, pattern, um, 100% clear, a, a bunch of different 
things. Really cool walnut. These are not official standardized grading terms. Um, it's a little bit more than just marketing. It's a way of saying this is better than, than FAS. Some of them actually just say better than FAS. Some of them will actually say 90% better than FAS. The problem with that is it's variable from one yard to another. So this goes back to one of the other comments in that Facebook thread is you've got to be an expert in this. You've got to know everything that you're talking, you know, everything, all the grading rules, how they're buying all this stuff in order to be certain that you're not getting ripped off. Well, yeah, that's one way to go. You can understand oak rules. You can understand walnut rules. You can understand that walnut has a different grade. You can understand that cherry is graded differently. Um, maple is graded differently. Maple is closer to oak and how it's graded. You can have an exhaustive understanding of all of the domestic species, domestic for North America. <laughs> Therein lies the rub. NHLA is a North American grading system move abroad, you've got different grading systems. FEQ, our first European quality, well, that's an appearance grade system. Totally different system. Um, in large part, when you're talking about like tropical woods, they have very little sap. Um, so it's not really an issue. They, they don't have as many defects and things like that. Using NHLA would be completely ridiculous because everything would be FAS and it would just make no sense. It's like continuing to print dollars. <laughs> Does it make the dollar worth more? Nope. It actually devalues the dollar. Oops. I just got political there, didn't I? So trying to understand the grades and have an exhaustive understanding of the grades just is going to lead to frustration because it's going to change with every species you're talking about. And the minute you leave North America, it's all bets are off. And for those of you listening in Australia and Africa and Europe, and you're like, yeah, we don't pay attention to any of that NHLA stuff. And we have three different grading systems that we're using depending on what continent you're sitting on. So yeah, being an expert is one way. And eventually you will learn these things as you buy more and more lumber. The other way to do this is not be an expert. Like, well, okay, be an expert. Be an expert in what you need to be an expert in. Are you a furniture maker? Are you a hobbyist? Why are you there to buy lumber? What are you buying lumber for? You're an expert on that chair or that table or that boat or, or whatever it is that you're building. You know, you're paneling the wall of a house. You are an expert on that project and you know what your specifications are. You know what you want or what your customer wants or what um, codes suggest. All of these things you have in your mind, I'm buying walnut and I cannot tolerate sap. Like my myself or my customer will not tolerate sap and you know, I'm going to panel a wall with TNG and I need at least a four inch face on that TNG. So not only do I need a four inch face, but I need a four inch face free of sap. And, you know, I really don't want to finger joint boards together. So I need eight foot long boards to span, you know, floor to ceiling on this particular wall. My specification is now I need four inch face TNG, eight foot long boards, 100% free of sap. Walnut. Um, well, and, and a thickness in there as well. That is your specification. That has nothing to do with grade and it has absolutely nothing to do with board feet. So all of these people saying, well, you need to order by the board foot. You need to go to a place that sells to you by the board foot. 50 years ago, 
225 years ago when my company was founded, that made sense because people were buying larger volumes and they were buying, you know, a 36 inch wide by 36 inch tall bundle of lumber. Now you're talking volume and that's where board foot comes into play. It's a, it's a unit of volume and it's a way of, of saying, here's how much is in this huge stack, you know, saying there are 30, 600 pieces in that stack and they're all four inches wide. Well, they're not. They generally were random width, random length. But what you could do is grab the overall dimensions of that bundle and you could come up with a unit saying this is a thousand board feet. Now there was a way that I could sell this. I could put a price tag on it by saying this wood is going to cost, you know, $2 a board foot or 2000 per MBF per thousand board feet. Um, that was where this started. There is still a reason to buy lumber that way. Hell, we buy lumber that way when we're buying, you know, from sawmills and we're buying from overseas because we're buying large volumes, truckload quantities of it. And we really can expect our sawmills to give us all 100% clear, you know, all heart, all eight foot long cherry and an entire truckload. A, that would take forever to develop a truckload from one sawmill you probably going to have to find five different sawmills to get that. And it would be prohibitively expensive to the point where we would not be able to mark it up in such a way to make any profit on it and no one would buy it because the cost would be would be so high. So one of the ways that you can still make a profit on this is buying a larger range of quality. It brings your overall cost down and then you can put your dollar or board foot markup on there and you know you're making on, on the really, really, really nice boards, you're maybe making 25 cents a board foot, but maybe you're making a dollar a board foot on the less than um, quality boards. And this is not somebody trying to screw you over. It's just economics. It's, it's, it's how things are bought on wholesale quantities. It's how we buy a material that is an organic material. One board to another is unique. You can grade those boards and you can say we have, you know, 100% FAS grade, but you can't, no tree is going to be 100% FAS. In fact, far from 100%, like way less than 50% grade. So you end up with a bunch of wood that doesn't make the grade. What do we do? Burn it? And unfortunately, sometimes that's what happens. Somebody needs to sell it. So there is a market for number one common, for select, for number two common, number three common. That's why these grades exist. So if your specification is the opposite of the guy looking for paneling, it's got to be four inch face, eight feet long, 100% clear, and maybe you're building boxes or chairs and you know you need chair legs so they're they're quite narrow they're quite short maybe that chair leg is only you know the front chair leg may only be 22 inches long you can get away with a lot of defect you can cut around that you can buy a number two common walnut board and very easily cut around the defects to get your chair leg out of it so now if you if you know this and if you go to your lumberyard dealer and maybe you don't know what number two common means or how it varies from cherry to maple to walnut but you know in your head I need, you know, I'm building four chairs and the front legs are 22 inches long. So I need eight legs that are two by two by 22 inches long. So I'm going to buy some eight quarter material, eight quarter thickness material, where I know I can get those cuttings out of there. Now my back legs, maybe it's a ladder back chair or something. And my back leg is more like 50 inches or something like that. That's a different dimension, but you know, because you're the guy building the chair, you are the expert on that particular chair. You know, your specifications. So if you have a lumber dealer that is only selling by the board foot, 
you can do the math. And this is how I was told in my early days, you know, figure out how many board feet it is. That way you can pick up the phone, call the lumber guy and say, I need a hundred board feet of walnut. You got a hundred board feet of walnut, you come home and half of it doesn't work for you. And you feel like you got screwed. You know, I ordered a hundred board feet of walnut and the lumber guy screwed me over. That lumber yard is terrible. They have bad lumber. I ordered a hundred board feet and I can't use any of it. Well, here is the lumber dealer talking right now. Whose fault is that? Like you, you ordered a hundred board feet of FAS walnut. That's all you told the guy. And yes, if he really knows what he's talking about and he's a really good salesperson, maybe he will ask a few questions and say, what are you doing with this? What other demands do you have? Because a hundred board feet of FAS walnut doesn't really tell that lumber dealer much. But here again, a lot of lumber dealers are not woodworkers. So they are lumber dealers. They don't think in terms of parts of a piece of furniture or parts of a project. They think thickness, width, length, and grade. And, and that's where the board foot kills us all because when we start buying by the board foot, none of that stuff matters. None of the, 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 the clear nature of the wood matters. Um, the actual widths of the board don't, doesn't matter because again, you're buying by the volume. You can buy, you know, 10 board feet of walnut and one board's four inches wide, one board's six inches wide, one board's eight inches wide, you know? And actually here's another one. You go buy eight inch wide walnut and you're told it's $6 a board foot and you get up the register like, oh, nope, that's eight and wider. That's actually gonna be $8 a board foot. And you feel like, ah, I just got screwed. Well, guess what? Eight inch walnut is hard to come by. So yeah, there's a premium on that. That stuff costs more. But can you put that on a price list? Some people do. For species like walnut, you will find, you know, FAS walnut up to six inches is such such and such a price, and then eight and wider is this price. Sometimes you will see that, but you don't always see that. There are writers and things that get added onto it, which is why so many lumber yards don't even post a price list in the first place. There's too many variables to possibly put on a spreadsheet or put on a sheet of paper. And when you do put it all down on a paper, it ends up confusing your customers more than anything, and you might actually lose the sale before they ever darken the doorstep. So there's the lumber side of things. From the consumer side of things, I get feeling like you've been screwed over. I have felt that way. I've gone to the cash register and been shocked that suddenly I'm paying $400 instead of I was thinking 150 and you wonder what the hell happened. And like, but by the time you get back to the car and you're driving home, you're like, wait a minute, how did I just end up paying $400? And you're like doing the math in your head and you're realizing this doesn't work. Or I get home and I'm trying to assemble panels for my particular project and I'm not really getting it to work. And then I'm going to go back and buy more lumber and end with a bunch of boards that don't really work. Well, will that lumber yard take them back? Most won't. I mean, maybe if they're rough sawn and you haven't done anything to it, they might take them back. But some of them will offer a restocking fee because it still takes time to go and put those boards back on the rack. And it's not just throwing them back on the rack. It's factoring those boards back into your inventory. And what is the grade of those boards and how does that reduce the overall average grade of the pack they're putting it back into? A lot of these lumber yards have, you know, intricate inventory systems. You have to in order to keep track of all this stuff and understand how to buy in the future. So there can be a substantial amount of time and, and, and labor to restock those boards. I would not be surprised if there is a restocking fee. Now, if it's a single board, probably not. So yeah, I, I kind of get like feeling like you've been shafted a little bit. So here's the thing. Forget about oak rule. Forget about board feet. Forget about grade. Forget about what's allowable in the grade. What do you need? What do you want? What are your specifications? So call up a lumber yard 
And, and it, there's one of the points in this Facebook post that says, I guess you just have to buy lumber in person. That's one way to do it. And for many years, that's how I bought my lumber. I would go up to Hearn Hardwood or Groff and Groff in Pennsylvania, and I would sort through the stacks and I would find exactly what I was looking for. Now, this goes back to my popular woodworking article. I've got a, a video on my Renaissance Woodworker YouTube channel about how to buy lumber and how to build a shopping list. You know, there's your, your cut list. Never take your cut list to the lumber yard. You want to transform your cut list into a shopping list. And that shopping list is basically number of pieces of thicknesses of boards. So you can walk to a lumber yard and you have an idea of what you're looking for. I advocate having a plan A and a plan B. Plan A is in a perfect world. Like if I'm building that bed and I want a headboard that's a solid piece, so I want a 22 inch wide by 60 inch long piece of cherry. That may not happen, but in a perfect world, if I'm lucky, I can make that happen. But what if I can't make that happen? How many boards do I need to glue up to make that panel? And those boards probably should be color matched, grain matched, so I can get a nice cohesive panel. So my plan B is, well, I'm not gonna be able to find a 20 inch board of cherry, so I need three pieces of at least six inch face cherry that are free of sap or at least three pieces that I can kind of put together into a cohesive panel. So I may be composing a panel right there in the stacks of the lumber yard because my plan B tells me three boards will get me my headboard. Um, by the way, I have a, a call it what you will, a lead magnet. Um, people uh, who are uh, interested in more about this, I have a whole video that talks about this. Um, if you go to lumberupdate.com, probably within 40 seconds or so, or a little popover is going to come up and say, do you want to, you know, learn how to buy lumber? You'll also see in the sidebar of my site, uh, um, sign up to learn how to buy lumber, call it what it is. I'm looking for your email address. I'm not a spammer. I'm just looking for people that I can promote the show to basically. And let's be real, promote my membership site, the hand tool school too. So there is, there is an opportunity to get, um, I think it's a full, 75 minute lesson on these principles of buying lumber. The point of all this is you need to go to the lumber yard or call the lumber yard. This being prepared and having your shopping list and knowing what's important in that shopping list can allow you to buy lumber site on scene. So you can call up a lumber yard and you can say, let's go back to this bed analogy. Hey, do you have any wide cherry? Well, yeah, we do. Well, how wide? Well, how wide do you need? You know, or we've got 12 inch wide cherry. Do you have anything like 20 inches wide? That's a bit of an exaggeration, by the way. There's not a lot of 20 inch wide cherry out there. Certainly not 100% free of sap. But you can ask that question. Do you have any, you know, 20 inch wide cherry? No, no, sorry. There's no way we have that. All right, fair enough. So now you move on to plan B. I'm going to need at least three pieces of six and wider cherry that's at least 60 inches long, um, you know, really free 100% heart or 90-10, 90% heart, 10% sap. You know, again, you're looking for a, a um, well, if you're buying six inches, you need 21 inches. Obviously, the best thing to do is get eight inch wide boards. Three eight inch wide boards would be 24 inches, eliminate a little bit of sap, you probably can get that 21 inch. This is part of your, your lumber shopping list. But you have that conversation with the sales guy. you know, and, and the guy, generally you can say, look, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build a bed and I want a really nice looking headboard. So I need something that's gonna be at least 21 inches wide and I want it to look cohesive. I want it to look like a single board. So I really need, you know, to be able to glue up three boards that are color matched, grain match, et cetera. 
Okay, that reframes the conversation. That changes the conversation. That has nothing to do with grade. That has absolutely nothing to do with board foot. And you know what? It might actually cost a little bit more because now you're you're asking this person to go and sort through a bunch of lumber. You're asking them to pick maybe like three incredible boards out of the stack. And here again, they can't move the lesser grade boards in that stack, which is going to be harder to move later on. This is an opportunity where, yes, it would be easier to go in person, but it can also be an interesting test if you've never worked with a lumber yard before. Have this conversation. Really tell them what you're trying to build and what you're trying to achieve. And if they just don't want to hear it, they're like, look, dude, I don't have time for this. Okay, now you can get upset. Now you can say, I'm not going to do business with them because they didn't impress me. But if they turn around and say, okay, cool, you're building a bed. That sounds awesome. All right, what do you need? All right, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to go check on that. You know, let me get back to you. Well, how quickly do they get back to you? What do they say when they get back to you? These are all things that can help you vet this lumberyard, just like any business. Is this somebody you want to do business with? Your specifications are your specifications. Don't convert it into board foot. And if the lumberyard is like, look, we only sell by the board foot. I can only sell by the board foot. Maybe don't dismiss them entirely because you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of years of tradition, but there's a red flag there. That's a lumberyard that's pretty stuck in their ways. Most of the lumberyards, especially retail lumberyards, they don't really, they still price by their board foot, but they're talking in terms of other things like linear foot and pieces and square foot because they recognize they have to speak the language of their customers. If you talk to a lumberyard that just refuses to speak your language and they're just going to doggedly stick to board foot, that could be a bit of a red flag. That's probably one where I definitely want to go in person and assess the stock. And they might have good stock. They just have bad people manning the phone. <laughs> it happens. It absolutely happens. But if you if you have that conversation and you have those details and you share those details, you're probably going to get pretty good service. More importantly, you're going to get, I don't even want to say good lumber. You're going to get lumber that is appropriate to your project because if you have really small pieces, you can buy crappy lumber and still get really you know, great lumber to, to make your small box sides or whatever. And you're going to make that lumber yard really happy because you're going to buy up some of their number two comment that they can't move. That's just a dead weight in their inventory. And you're probably going to get a much better price per board foot than you would if you went and just bought all FAS. If you have that flexibility to deal with defects, lean into that, man. You're going to make a good friend at just about any lumber yard you're talking to. So, I don't want to put all the ownership on, you know, the consumer. Ultimately, the lumberyard needs to step up and needs to be flexible and needs to be willing to have a conversation with their customers. And you're going to find some that won't do that. But I honestly can tell you, I think that is much more of a rarity these days. Many of the lumberyards that I talk to day in and day out, they don't really sell roughs on anymore. They tend to sell S2S lumber. And, and that's not a full four quarter anymore. So even selling by the board foot becomes a little dicey. You're buying sawdust at this point. So many of them have started pricing by the linear foot and pricing by the piece. It's, it's a heck of a lot easier to relate to when you say, well, this particular specification, this width, this, you know, free of heart nature uh, is $8 a board. And you and your mind are thinking, okay, I'm going to need four or five. I'm going to need six different boards. Okay, that's going to be $48. You walk away, you go to the cash register, that's $48 plus tax. You feel great. Like, I nailed this. Like, I know exactly what I was paying for and I paid that. And the lumber yard has a better understanding of their inventory. So most of these um, yards have adapted 
and they're not just sticking to that board foot thing. So why is the board foot still there? Why isn't it dead? Why don't we kill this thing? Again, further up the chain for the retail lumber yard, they're buying lumber on a bulk, more wholesale basis. It might make sense from them to buy um, by the board foot. If all they need is the highest grade, you know, completely clear material, they're probably not buying by the board foot, or maybe it's priced by the board foot, but there's a lot of other things that go into that price. If you are ever importing lumber, bringing things overseas, you're generally buying by the board foot because you're thinking in terms of volume, what's the weight of that? How much space does it take up in the container? All that stuff goes into this. There's a, so many variables that actually affect the final price, whether that's the price per board foot or the price per linear foot. And those things, those things that affect that price can be the appearance, can be the dimensions, can be how dry it is, whether it was air dried, whether it's kiln dried, to what percentage was it kiln dried? So many possible variables. And to become an expert on all of those things, it's not really, you know, it doesn't make sense to expect that of a customer. It doesn't make sense to expect that of, you know, your average home builder, your average furniture maker. Um, what you are good at is building homes. What you're good at is building desks. And, you know, any furniture maker can tell you, you know, unless I'm building the same desk over and over and over and over again, every project is unique. Every project has its own specifications, has its own demands. So when you pick up the phone to call that lumberyard, it changes every single time. So buying it the same way, using the same unit of measure, the board foot, is ludicrous, completely ludicrous. Moreover, buying it on just a few specifications like board foot and grade, well, you get what you asked for. And I know there's so many ways to skew this and say, well, the lumberyard should have asked me some more questions. Yes, they probably should have. But at the same time, step out of the lumber industry, go to any other industry, and if you walk into Best Buy and say, I want a 55-inch TV, okay, they'll hear the 55-inch TVs. You know, do you expect that Best Buy salesperson to know a whole lot about them? Maybe, maybe not. Do, would you trust what that Best Buy salesperson says? Probably not. You've probably done some research online. You know that I like Samsung or I like, you know, for some reason that's the only brand that comes into my head. I like Sony. You know, you have some of your own things that you've looked at. You have your own specifications. Why would we buy lumber any differently? Because somebody told you you have to order it by the board foot? If you call up a place and you say, I need four pieces of this, four pieces of that, and the guy says, well, I'm sorry, we only sell by the board foot. You're like, all right, well, that doesn't really help me. And here again, here's where you vet that place. And the person's really unhelpful, then you know what? Maybe I lost my business. If you have no alternative, I had this conversation on Instagram the other day when somebody said, here's what I'm looking at. Is this a good deal? And my response was a little cheeky, but I specifically said, look, I'm not trying to be annoying, but what if it's not a good deal? What's your alternative? Like, do you have another lumber yard? Can you turn around and go to another place without having to drive three hours out of your way? Because gas and time is money, people. Like, oh, I saved money, but I drove three hours. So now I have to put $50 into my gas tank and I didn't get any time in the shop or I had to take time off of work because yeah, a lot of lumber yards aren't open past normal business hours. These are all things that add up to determine it's so much more than just the price you paid per board foot. And if you want to have success in your lumber buying and you want to have a good relationship with your lumber dealer, be specific. Why wouldn't you be specific? You would be that way with anything else that you bought. 
And you know, if you're not, if you're like, yeah, I'm buying on Amazon, I'm going to get what I'm going to get, then okay. You know, there's a reason things are dirt cheap on some of these places because you kind of get what you get, or they tend to have a really, really easy return policy. You notice it's pretty easy to return stuff on Amazon. Um, so, you know, but if, a, if you're dealing with a lumberyard that doesn't have a good return policy, you better get it right when you're ordering and don't rely upon the guy on the phone to ask a bunch of questions. Even if they're the fantastic salesperson, even if they're, you know, lumber salesperson of the year, you don't know what their day's like. You don't know how many lines are ringing right now. You don't know if the saw just broke and the, or they've got three guys that called in sick today. There's so many different things that affect that. And if you just call in and say, I need 10 board feet of FAS walnut, the guy may be thinking, oh, finally, an easy phone call. Okay, no problem. It's $8 a board foot. You know, that's gonna be $80. I'll have it ready for you or I'll ship it out, whatever. And he's thinking, finally, this was easy. Um, and cut the guy some slack if he's not immediately like, okay, well, are you sure? Are you sure you want FAS Walnut? Because how are you going to respond? If you call in as a, quote, expert, you know, I've done my research. I know what Walnut is. I need 10 board feet of FAS Walnut. And the guy's like, are you sure you want 10 board feet of Walnut? You might think like, who are you to ask me am I sure? And then immediately like, I'm never going to do business with him again. That guy was cheeky. <laughs> you, you see where the confusion is? Like there's so many variables at play here. You don't know what's going on in his life. And, you know, just be specific. Be specific. What do you actually need? What is important to you? I cannot have sap. I have to have this dimension. I can't have any knots. Or I want some knots. These are all things that are important to know and should be talked about when buying lumber. So not meant to be a rant at all, but I see these conversations cropping up. So uh, thank you to that conversation. Um, if you're listening to this, you know who you are. Thank you so much for posting that conversation. Like the hundreds of comments basically was this conversation. And the fact that there were hundreds of people chiming in saying all this stuff tells me that there's still not an understanding that the board foot the grade is a stupid way. I'm going to say it. It's a stupid way to buy lumber. And unfortunately, there's a lot of the lumber industry that's pretty stupid in the fact that they cling to grade and they cling to volume. But that's all they have. That's all they have. When somebody calls in and says, I need walnut, like how do you possibly wrap your head around it? Grade and board foot or volume measure is really the only thing that is a constant from one species to another, one from one thickness of a species to another. It's the next level of the conversation that makes it easier to talk about what you're actually buying. Now, let me put my lumber uh, business hat back on. And I will tell you personally, and I've had this conversation with at least 20 different lumber yards, and they agree with me, it's those details about what you're building. That's what's interesting. Think about a guy who pushes widgets all day long. And all he's doing is talking in board foot and just moving material out and it becomes a pricing game. That's not exciting. But when you get to have a conversation with somebody about what they're building and how cool it is that they're building and what they really need to do that, and when you, the dealer, can make that happen, that's exciting. That's fulfilling to say, hey, I talked to this cool guy. And they come up at the end of the day and say, I talked to this guy who's building this massive conference table for Jay-Z. How cool is that? Like, oh, and how cool is it that I provided the lumber that went into Jay-Z's conference table? Um, these are the stories that, that, that keep you going. Otherwise, the job is just tedious. Just pushing board feet and grade all day, that tells us absolutely nothing. So don't be afraid to share those details. They're not going to shut you down. In fact, they're probably going to get interested and you will get 
better boards with less waste for the project you're looking for. Don't blame the lumber yard, blame yourself. But if you've done your work and you've shared the details and you still get bad lumber, now it's time to post on Facebook saying, I will never do business with these guys again. That I will back all the way. So that being said, a little bit shorter episode, but I really wanted to focus in on this and make sure that people are buying lumber the right way. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in more, if you want to see this in a video format with visuals and things like that, certainly get um, you know my free lesson, come to lumberupdate.com. You can sign up for that lean bag and get it, no charge, just you're giving me your email address so that I can mark it to you in the future. Otherwise, you know, thanks for listening, folks. Go buy some lumber, but be specific when you do it.